Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bombas socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Welcome to the Cow Corner Podcast with me, the Dolly Dropper, James Hurl, Mr. Birmingham League son, Andy Harrison, the loyal one, Joss Elliott, for your latest dose of all things Shropshire Cricket. And welcome back to episode 47 of the Cow Corner Podcast's Shropshire Cricket Show. I'm James Hurl, and once again, I am joined by the OG, Mr. Loyal, Joss Elliott. How are we, Josser? I'm good, thanks, James. How are you, mate? Yeah, really good. Nice to be back at HQ. Nice to be back around the microphones all together. As it seems like it's been quite a long time since we had John Anthony here. Is that the last one we did? Yeah. That, that was a while ago, to be fair. Was it, <laughs> no. it May time or something? Yeah, yeah, some of that. It's quite quite a long time. Let's have a quick look on the uh, system. End of June. So you've had about five or six ducks since then, probably. Yeah, well, maybe, maybe. But I, th- I think there's only been three or four games. So, yeah, no, yeah. Three or four, three, ducks, three or four ducks. Three or four ducks, yeah. Um, yeah, very good. And we have ourselves a very special guest on this episode, Joss. Someone that you know very well and I know very well. I'm very happy to have him on this podcast it's uh, the man with the most infamous Birmingham League ton Andy Harrison welcome Andy yeah good to be back um I did turn up at the end of last time when John was on the podcast a bit gutted not to be able to make it earlier on but I was quite happy at the end actually it was really nice to see John um he, he was very happy had a good podcast he, he did quite well spoke very well and I felt as a former cum player for him not to clothesline me was was quite nice <laughs> So thanks, John. Controversial. <laughs> Joe Yap remembers. <laughs> but we do like John. He was, he was brilliant. It was a good podcast, a good listen. He did. Um, he spoke very well to me. I'm looking forward to this one. Where's our special guest, though, Hill? I'm not the special guest. You are the special guest, mate. And um, it's good that. It's good having you back on, and especially given that he's been uh, pl- playing his trade in the Shropshire League this season, Joss. Well, who? Andy? Yeah. Well, has he, though? I thought he'd be tired. He's not bothering to play anymore. I bumped into him on Saturday in the beacon. He's like, where have you been playing, Andy? Oh, didn't bother, didn't bother. Where are you playing this weekend, Andy? I'm not, I'm not playing, can't be asked. I'm struggling, What's mate. What's the matter with you? Well, I've got a few injuries. My shoulder's been playing up all season, which ain't good. Ton, mate. Got a bad back. 
carrying carrying me teams over the past few years. You know, all them clubs I've been at, <laughs> getting been relegated. a bit more, <laughs> getting them all relegated. <laughs> but no, honestly, mate, I'm I'm struggling. My shoulders just knackered. You you saw me bowl the other week. I'm just not bowling like I used to have that little bit of zip. I haven't got it anymore. Um, hopefully it will come back. I'm just I need a bit of rest. But then I've also got what they call policeman's heel as well. And I'm working. I'm obviously up ladders all the time. I can't walk. So mm. I'm just, yeah, in a bit of a bad place at the minute with cricket. You know what I'm like. I love my cricket. And you know, I've hardly played this season, really, compared to what I, I used to. I used to play every Saturday, Sunday, Tuesday. and Yeah, it's a shame. I mean, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm feeling my age a bit this year, as well, I must admit. But uh, still trying to play as much well, as I can. I am 25 years younger than you. <laughs> I know, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Just been carrying, well, a, carrying a little bit more than the team, hasn't he, yeah. Joss? Yeah, like 28 stone as well. <laughs> I just keep getting it's bigger, good mate. to be back, boys. You I tell you, you won't believe this. For our listeners, before we started recording, we had a, a takeaway and Andy didn't take part. He well, actually watched me and Hurl eat. I couldn't my, believe my, it. My customers made me some food, so I was quite well fed today. It's been, uh, it's been very nice. <laughs> it I looks like see, it too. I do seem to get well fed uh, at work these days. It's quite nice. It's because they don't want you to leave. They know that as soon as you walk out that door, you may not come back. Yeah, that's very true. That's very true. There's many a customer out there who probably fixes it. <laughs> There's an Ashes game on somewhere that he may end up attending. You had a good time though. Andy uh, went to quite a few of the Ashes tests. I got absolutely levered. Three out of the five <laughs> days. Uh, what an experience. Oh, I'll tell you what, just the buzz of the ashes was just incredible. Yeah, and I'll tell you what, yeah. like, you, you know, I know it can get a bit tasty at times, but the Aussies play their part so well. They're just the crooks, aren't they? Every time. And it's just brilliant, you know, with the carey dismissal of Bearstow, which was completely legitimate because he kept coming out of his crease. So, you know, Obviously, we all had a moan at the time, didn't we? Because we wanted to win the game, but it just, we've done the same thing. Yeah, didn't it just tee the series up well though? To, for them to go two up and for us to get the draw was, and and oh, if, if it wasn't for the rain, we probably would have won it. It was brilliant. It was breathtaking. It was a fantastic series, and we had a really good day out when us three went, and <sighs> we well and truly got on the beers, and yeah. I think we put a lot of a lot of other cricket podcasts to shame mm-hmm. by showing them how to do a proper cricket day out definitely spent about four figures in them three days where i spent a lot of money <laughs> i really did top the bar up you got four figures yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah as we said it's it's good it's good to be back and it's been quite a while since we've sat down and chewed the cud as they would say about what's been going on in Shropshire cricket. And we have asked you, the Cow Corner following and Cow Corner listeners, for your listener questions. And uh, the first question that comes in is from Luke Miles of Ludlow. And he says, guys, would love you to ask, who is Andy signing for next season? Regards, Luke. All I'll say is I like new kit. I I keep moving for kit. It's, it's nice, but, mate. Ludlow interested in signing him then? Is that why you're uh, asking Luke? There's always there's always clubs out there asking, but at the moment the way I'm playing, mate, I don't. I was going to say, if you look at your stats, I don't stop asking. I don't think Shifton want me back, mate. To be honest, <laughs> <laughs> went there with uh, like trying to give my all, and uh, yeah, I think I overdid it this uh, this winter in the net. So, Luke, I'll tell you one thing, mate. I won't be going to Ludlow. It's too far away, pal. As much as I like you. Too much of a five and drive from Ludlow, innit? Yeah, my rule's nine, but uh, <laughs> I try not to do it too often. But um, no, nah, mate, honestly, I, 
it's been a shocking season for me, mate. I'm just, I am a bit, I'm a bit pissed off with it and a bit gutted about it, but uh, it makes you feel better when you're in here. Mm. Let our steam off, eh? And, Let a bit of steam off, yeah. get a few beers behind us and uh, get together and chat some absolute rubbish. I reckon I've had more beers than runs tonight. <laughs> I've definitely had more beers than runs because I've had more than one. Um, <laughs> Anyway, and and it's also better than my strike rate as well, which is a coincidence. But anyway, let's get ourselves on to our first division and we'll start ourselves with the Shropshire League Prem. Okay, so we start ourselves off in the Shropshire Prem and leading the way as they have since week five are Wellington with 321 points close on their tail with 299 points in second place. They've been there since week nine. These top two have been going at it like two prize boxers since the season started pretty much is Wem Cricket Club in third place trying to catch up our Whitchurch on 266, 33 points behind them. Then then 13 points behind them are Quart. Then there is a massive jump, and I mean 46 points worth are Sentinel in fifth on 197. In sixth, a couple points behind them are Oswestry. Then 18 points behind them are Ludlow in seventh. Few points behind them are Shelton. And then five points behind them are Shrewsbury second 11. Then 17 points behind them in 10th place are Maidley. And 10 points behind them in 11th are St. George's. And then 71 points behind them in 12th place are Newport. So the first listener question that we have has been sent in to us by one Dave Matthews. And he asks... Hello, Cow Corner Podcast crew. Dave Matthews here. Question as always, do you think that Newport will now regret getting in the CR Hawks players in the last few years? Has this driven local lads away? And has this now cost them their Premier Division position? Love the pod. As always, Dave Matthews. Thank you very much, Dave Matthews, and thank you for that question, as always. And he sent it in via voice note as well. You are more than welcome to do that as well. So, guys, I mean, without pissing off the whole of Newport, let's try and answer this quite po- like politically. Do we think that there are any other teams that might change their outlook, do you think? Or do you think that that won't, it won't make a blind jot of difference? And we'll start with Andy Harrison. Yeah, I think it's a very valid question. I think uh, you only have to look at what Newport are achieving this season. Um, it's a shame, a club that I've played at many a time and have played against some really, really top sides there. Um, it, it's a difficult one where clubs have done it in the past and have succeeded and clubs have done it in the past and failed. And I think until you do it, you, you never know how it's going to quite work out. It's always, it, it, I mean, I, I think you lads will probably probably know it really well but when you're a, a club like Albury a village club you've probably got the same players playing for you that you've had for the last 20 years all the kids stay at the club they don't really go anywhere else do they you're a very lucky club really um, some clubs maybe don't have the pull maybe their kids aren't ready and they just maybe dabble in the market put a bit of money into it and it doesn't work and I, I think you only have to look at sides maybe like like the likes of Brosley 
I'm not trying to like obviously pick teams out, but they have. They've dropped down the leagues over the last few years. And, you know, I think they'll just, you just got to learn from the experience and then rebuild again. And I think clubs like, I think you need to take your hat off to clubs like Wellington. I know we'll probably speak about them in a minute, but clubs that I've stuck with pretty much the same youngsters for years. They've got an experienced player like Wendell Wagner at the club. And they've gone, do you know what? We're back in the Shropshire League, but we're not going to go and buy players. We're not going to go and get all these players in from all over the county to try and go straight back up to the Birmingham League. They're developing, they're developing their youth. And if they go up, I hope they, I hope, well, sorry, if they get in the playoffs, I hope they go through because, you know, you look at them, they're, they're all just local young lads, you know, some really good kids in that squad. So, uh, look, um, it's a hard question to answer because you don't want to uh, criticise Newport too much because we don't really know what goes on behind the scenes. And, you know, if they, if the players approach the club to come to the club, but, I mean, you can only look from the, the league position and say it's it's obviously backfired and... I hope they bring some youth through like the likes of Oswestry and uh, and Wellington have and, and get back up there again. Yeah, Joss, it's been quite the it's been quite the change for Newport, a side who, well, over the last 10, 15 years have been one of the top sides in Shropshire cricket. Then 2019 is 6th, then 8th, then 7th most recently. Then a complete drop-off. Obviously, losing Shabir Khan has been massive for them this season. But... Um, yeah, uh, what are your thoughts, Joss? Yeah, they've been in the top flight for a long time as well. That's the sad thing. I mean, obviously, they're going down this year. There's no doubt about that. Um, so, as Andy says, they'll need to rebuild, um, bring the bring the youth on, and hopefully they can get back up there. But, yeah, it's very sad to see a club that's been up there for so long and had so much success um, where they are now. But, yeah, hopefully they'll bounce back. Yeah, looking elsewhere at the table, would you... Would we say that you'd be surprised that it's been such a, well, it's been kind of like a two-horse race. I would love, well, I'd say it's been a two-horse race, but it's been Wellington's pretty much from the start, guys. Do we? Did you expect a bit more of a challenge from the rest of the division? Um, I, 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 don't, I, I don't know. I'm surprised. I don't mean this in a bad way to Wellington. I'm surprised they've done as well as they have, and I'm, I'm delighted that they have. I mean, you know, they've had two two losing draws, and they've won or abandoned every other game, which is an incredible record. So I'm surprised they're only 22 points clear, given that. Um, but, you know, as Andy said, they, they've got local youngsters that have come through the ranks, and they deserve every success they get. And I really hope they win the, win the playoff as well, assuming they do win the, uh, win the Tigers. When Wem is still only, only a, a result away from catching them, which is fair play to Wem. But it's a two-horse race, really, because 33 points to... To Whitchurch in third is not they're not going to catch that I don't think in three games. Mm. Yeah, and you look at you look at those final three games as well. They both both sides have to play quads. Um, when we're playing quad this week, that's coming, and they're both playing Sentinel. Wellington have got them final game, and yes, yeah, Sentinel next. Well, the following week for Wellington and Sentinel are the final team for Wem. So those two are going to have a big part to play, as well as the sides in 10th and 11th, being Maidley and St George's, who have both got them. So they're going to be coming up against sides, so we're going to be battling for it as well, aren't they, Andy? Yeah, well, um, I've just been on a stag do with some of the Wem lads, and unfortunately, I mean, I think they've had an extra game to Wellington called off, if I, if I, know, if I remember rightly. I think they've had one extra game off, um, and unfortunately, they were called off against each other. And I think that's made a big difference. And I, I'm not criticising. I'm not saying Wellington don't deserve to be there. They deserve to be top of the league. And uh, as I said, I've got a lot of credit 
to, uh, you know, I look at Wellington as a club and how they ran. They ran absolutely superbly and they've rebuilt. And, I, I, you know, I wish them all the best if they do win the league. But like you say, playing Quat twice, both of them, that's a banana skin. Quat can turn up. We, we know they have done for years. I mean, not to see them in the top two is a bit of a surprise after, the, you know, the last fair few years. But I think my pre-season prediction, I went for Whitchurch to win the league. So, you know, for Wellington to be up there flying, um, it has surprised me. Um, but I think it just shows the process. If you stick to a decent process, uh, I know that they've got a great overseas. Wem also have a fantastic overseas, which which does make a big difference when you're playing a top level of cricket. I think these overseas players, if you get the right player in, it fits in the team, helps the squad, coaches. I think it, it, it's a massive benefit. Yeah, you look at you look at the form table that we have in front of us, and uh, Wellington in week three got a game ahead against everyone. They were the only team to play in week three, and they played against Ludlow, which was at the time when Ludlow were getting games on left, right, and centre, and they managed to beat them. Again, then they got the head start against uh, the other sides in the top three. Funnily enough, week 14, which was against Ludlow again, mm. and they beat Ludlow again. Wem then managed to get a game on against Whitchurch, which unfortunately for Wem, they lost. So that's kind of where they lost their little bit of an opportunity to close that gap even further. So yeah, as you said, there is that one game where sides have got the game on, but it's it's been one of those kind of seasons, hasn't it, Joss? Where uh, in a few divisions, it you know the ability to and the the hard work of the groundsman and a bit of the luck in regards to how how the weather has fallen in the various areas of Shropshire has affected divisional sides. You only have to look at Division Five. Well, exactly right, and 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 also who you're playing on the days when they are rained off. You know, you could be top of the league and playing bottom of the league, and you get five points each, where you can pretty much guarantee you'd have got twenty four, and you get five. Whereas the team that's bottom are quite happy you rained off there. Um, so yeah, there's that element of luck, especially this year when there's been so many wet Saturdays and Sundays. I think we've, but, all, we've all been there, don't we? As, yeah, as players. I mean, we had it a few years, a long, long time ago. Now, as couldn't we had a game called off at Lanny. Everyone else in Shropshire was, and that season, everyone played. And I think Rock, you might have been playing for Rockster at the time, but Rockster won the league and they won it by about four points and it was all due to the weather. So it, 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 there is a bit of luck in there involved, but then obviously you've got to get the game on and you've got to win. And But but also, hats off to the groundsmen that do get these games on in these damp conditions because there's some clubs that do manage to get games regularly when, when the conditions aren't great. So And umpires. And umpires, I've yeah. I've got to yeah, say, yeah, there's yeah. a few umpires that I've... I've seen that, that like lately really have got games on where you know i mean they're, they're putting their neck on the line because if someone gets injured if it's if it is too wet you know it, it's their fault so fair play to them really backing themselves and, and just getting people on the pitch because that's what you want to do on a saturday you yeah. know fair play to them and you, you look in the prem as well that we are going now into the final three weeks of the season and the top three just keep winning basically the witchurch have only lost to Wellington and Wem, as we've mentioned, lost to Whitchurch. But apart from that, none of the top three have lost since week eight. And those last defeats were from Whitchurch, and that was a defeat to Quat and a surprise defeat to Maidley in week seven. But it just shows you the consistency that you need to be at the top end of the table in the Premier Division this season. And yeah, I wouldn't put it past... You know, hard games to come, you know, banana skins. You, end of the season, anything can happen, can't it, Andy? 
Yeah, honestly, I mean, you're looking at these last last three fixtures. Obviously, I think this is a massive week actually because Wellington have got Maidley, uh, and obviously Maidley will be fighting for their lives. But I think you'd you'd obviously back with the form of Wellington them to win that game, and that leaves it two games to go. It's a lot of points to 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 gain for the other two sides. But uh, to be honest with you, mate, I just think you only have to look at last season with Ludlow and uh, a team. I'm very surprised how low down the table they are. I thought they would compete again this year. Um, maybe not as in, uh, you know, a, a team that's going to win it again, but maybe a team in the top four. Um, but I, I just think when you get on a run and you're flying and, and maybe you get a bit of form, you know, the likes of Will Sparrow, big fan of the podcast, been on before. Uh, and uh, Jason Oakes, they're, they're overseas. Last year, they just absolutely nailed it. So it just shows, I think you, you've got to go on form now, haven't you? And I, I just can't see with that with that 22-point gap. I just can't see him slipping up Wellington and... Uh, you know, it'd be much deserved because their form is just ridiculous. Looking at this, it's just, just, just brilliant. Fair play to them. Yeah, let's talk about the bottom half now. As you mentioned, Ludlow, a side who, well, a side who won the Premier Division last season and felt very unlucky not to go up, find themselves in seventh place on 177 points. That's 36 points away from the, what you would say is the regulation relegation zone. But if you think about it. And if one of the sides comes down from the Birmingham League and the Shropshire side doesn't go up, they're only 26 points ahead of Maidley, who are in 10th, which could be that relegation zone if you end up having three sides relegated from the Prem, which makes it all to play for. But they had a massive win this weekend against St. George's. All of the three bottom sides losing with tough fixtures. Uh, Shrewsbury, Ludlow and Wem. A big win for Shrewsbury, second 11 against Newport, putting them on 168 points into ninth. And all of those sides are pretty are playing each other going into these final run of games. And um, yeah, Joss, what are your thoughts on the bottom half of the Prem? I don't think Ludlow have got anything to worry about. If you look at their remaining fixtures, they're against all three of them against teams that are below them in the table, including Newport. Um, so I, I think they're fine. And you know, there's a, there's a big enough, big enough gap there to, for them to, to not worry. I think um, Shelton in eighth, I think they, they've had a good season. I think, you know, I think they're in a good place, really. They've, they've got that great new clubhouse, great scoreboard, new hybrid track. Um, Bad result Saturday. Who did they lose on Saturday? They lost the Central. Oh, Central, yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah, they were out for, yeah. 54 or 55. Yeah, yeah. A new port down. I think it's between St. George's and Maidley. So they've got some big games, big games coming up. Mm. Yeah, you, you mentioned that, Joss. Obviously, if there are three sides that are going down, you're going to be bringing the other sides into play. But you look at the fixtures that Maidley have got. They've got Wellington. That's going to be a tough game. That game against Shrewsbury is going to be massive, though, the week, the penultimate week of the season. And then Shrewsbury and Maidley have got Oswestry and Ludlow, <laughs> um, which, yeah, seventh and sixth. Um, Oswestry, considering that they were a side that should have been playing their trade in Division 1 this season, finding themselves in sixth, um, but... You know, just below Sentinel in fifth. It's been a bit of a, I don't know, a multifaceted league this season. I think there's definitely a top four. And then Sentinel, a side who, I don't know. Um, I don't want to speak for them personally, but I, I don't think that they feel 
I would say they probably feel like they've had their best season looking at the results that have happened and how things have gone throughout the season, but still finding themselves in fifth. Does that does that say that it's a competitive league to you, Andy, or would you say that the Prem's probably been a bit weaker than normal? I think, um, I mean, I've got George Cheshire working with me at the moment and he, he's obviously I get on really well with George and we talk cricket. I, I don't think Sentinels are anywhere near as strong as they have been in the past. Um, I do think they've got the stalwarts in the team and the likes of Eddie Ashton that, that really works so hard for the team and, and will win your games. And I don't know. So, so, some people keep telling me how much stronger the, the, the Prem is. It gets getting stronger. It's getting stronger all the time. But I think I think Sentinel are a club that really do need a bit of a rebuild. They've got some good, very, very good youngsters there. And I, they will come through in the next three or four years. But it, it's whether or not they can maybe if they can pick up a few signings, I think they're a little bit, oh, obviously Demi mates, I'm sure they won't take anything I say, you know, as I'm, I'm having a go, but, you know, Jimmy Shaw playing, when he plays, I think they're a better side. Um, the last few years have been very lucky to have a really good overseas, which makes a big difference, not just on the pitch, off the pitch as well, because it there is always a buzz around that club, always, because they've got great characters as well, the likes of Mal Serplet. I mean, he's not fit at the moment. He's in the he's in the twos at the moment. He's not fit, unfortunately. But, um, yeah, I think fifth is probably... They've, they've only just shifted up to fifth, haven't they? With big, big win at Shelton at the weekend. Shelton always try and give Central a big game because it's a bit of a local derby. Um, it's not like... Uh, who was it? Churkin, Churkin Newtown, was it? <laughs> um, but no, that, that's a real local derby. And... Um, yeah, I think I think fifth is sort of below par of where they want to be. But I think if you're being realistic, I think if they end up finishing fifth, I don't think that's a very bad season. I think it's a good season. Yeah, as you mentioned, uh, Sentinel have won their last three games that they've got on. Um, so obviously the la- that's five games and everyone was rained off on uh, week 17. So no one got on there. And only, as we've mentioned earlier, when Whitchurch got on in week 15. But prior to that... Sentinel's last win came in week eight, which was against Shelton. So they'd previously gone through five defeats um, and they were one of the most rain-affected teams as well in the start of the season. They only played one of their first four, which put them on on the back burner. And uh, a question, obviously something that Andy brought up, which I want to kind of bring across to the group. When people say that it's the strongest Prem that they've ever encountered and it's stronger than ever, do you think that people actually mean the standard of cricket or the standard of the names of the cricket teams that are taking part? I think that's a very good point. I think... Um... One thing I think has really made a big difference, and I, I think you'll all agree, is the the second teams are bringing a, a completely new dimension into the cricket. Having the play, the teams in the Shropshire Prem instead of being in the Birmingham League Reserve is just ginormous. I mean, Shrewsbury, um, I know they're not doing as well as they could at the moment, sitting down in ninth. But I still think I agree with Joss. I don't think they're in any trouble with their remaining three fixtures, uh, but you know they can put a really good side out on a Saturday. And I think that does make a difference to the league. It really does. Uh, and, and you only have to look at some of the teams that every year that come up, um, they just, just strengthen the league. So it, it's it's one of them. I mean, I just hear it all the time that the league's strengthening. Division one feels stronger. And 
you, you know, you go down the leagues though and you see clubs like Pontsbury falling down the league and Alberbury falling down the league. It, it, maybe it is getting stronger. Maybe, yeah. I wonder, is it getting stronger, Joss? Or do you think that it's becoming oversaturated with players that need to go across all of these big clubs? There's a bit more competition for places. Well, I, I mean, obviously I don't have any Premier Division experience at all. But speaking from playing in Div 2 for Alberbury, I think the knock-on effect of the... Um, reduction in the Birmingham League teams has has filtered down that far because Division 2 is now pretty much as Division 1 was five or six years ago. Very similar teams, very similar standard to me and, and it's because there's more teams and to me, I think that can only make the standard of cricket stronger. I know Andy possibly doesn't doesn't agree but um, I think it, it can only be good for, for Shropshire cricket for me and make it stronger, I think. And I think that is felt in Div 2. Div 2 is now where Div 1 was five or six years ago to me. You're definitely right. on like All them teams in Division 2, just looking at them, yeah. They're all ex... I mean, some of them are ex-Prem sides. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Alex of Forton or Brighton. Yeah. So, yeah, it's... I mean, I, I, I don't know. I haven't played in the Prem for a few years. Um, but, you know, the, fil- the filtering down... We did say, didn't we, when the, the format changed... It will take a few years to to come into effect, but I'll tell you what, that you've only got to look at it, and obviously you, you obviously do the Birmingham pod, and you'll be t- speaking about that probably next week, will you? Um, yeah, next week. Next yeah. week will be when we'll be talking about that, yeah. Well, there's a very big possibility that Shropshire side could come down because it's that tight at the moment. Uh, speaking from a Sheffield point of view, I've been so delighted that our first team have had a few wins on a trot and have, have pushed us a lot safer, but... Worthfield at the weekend, uh, obviously don't want to talk too much about the Birmingham League, but they scored 334 and absolutely smashed somebody on, on the weekend. So, you know, I'm hoping they don't go down, but there will be a massive effect if if teams go down. And uh, I feel sorry for the committee again, because they're going to have a real tough job on their hand, aren't they? Yeah, no, I think it's going to be a tough decision for them to decide once again what happens if we have a side down. Again, I've I've made my point in regards to what I think, and um, I don't want to be the moral conscience of the uh, Shropshire cricketing community, as I've been told that I am. No, yeah, they'll probably just randomly double relegate teams. <laughs> Maybe they'll just relegate Alberbury. I know you. <laughs> yeah, uh, they just love Alberbury next year. <laughs> yeah, fuck it. Let's Alberbury. Where do they finish? Fifth? Oh, fuck it. Well, relegate, relegate them. them. <laughs> um, I would. <laughs> I think a lot of people listening to this pod would just so that they can listen to me cry. Um, but yeah, anyway, guys, just before we move on, going into the final three weeks, I want to know who are going to be your top two. I want first and second. How many teams are going to get relegated? And uh, who have been your biggest surprise? Who have been the biggest surprise for you in the Prem this season? And we'll start this off with the Thinking Man's podcaster, Joss Elliott. Thinking Man's podcast. Um, so I'm very easily, I'm going Wellington to win it and Wem to be runners-up. <laughs> so that's quite easy. I think only two teams will go down. Biggest surprise, I don't mean it in a bad way, is Wellington. How, how consistently they've performed. And, and, and I'll say it again, fair play to them. They've, they've had a fantastic season and they deserve everything they get. And I really hope they win the league and I hope they win the playoffs and get into the Birmingham League. But they have surprised me. Andy? Um, yeah, I'm going to go Wellington to win the league. I think they've just been so consistent all season. Uh, and and when will I, I, undoubtedly, I would have thought, be uh, be runners-up. I think they've got a, quite a nice run in 
Uh, and so, well, so have Whitchurch, to be fair. Uh, the team that surprised me, I'm going to say, is Whitchurch because I had them down to, to win it. Um, I thought signing Shab, Shab Khan was just huge and I thought he was going to bring a, a new dimension to the team. Uh, but they haven't, they haven't had a bad season, to be to be honest. And, and I do think two are going to go down because I reckon the Shropshire clubs are going to pull the finger out and make sure that they stay in the Birmingham League. I agree. I, I hope that a, a Shropshire side will stay up. I think St George's have got such a tough run in. They've got Wem who are in second. They've got Whitchurch who are third final game of the season. They've got Shelton as well compared to Maidley. have got Wellington, Shrewsbury and Oswestry. Still a tough run in, but Shrewsbury and Oswestry, you know, they may pull a result out of one of those. Um, the only thing I might say is if Whitchurch are well out of the running final game of the season, you know, I've seen stranger things happen, you know. Sides without anything in the in the, in the the horse race, you know, you never know what side they may put out, you know, if the, if they haven't got a chance. But, um, yeah, I think that's that. I think the biggest surprise for me this season is Ludlow in seventh. Last season's champions finding themselves pretty much bottom half, near relegation for most of the season, still having to go into the final three games, trying to pull themselves out of relegation candidacy. And we'll move ourselves on to our next section, and Division One. Okay, so as we move ourselves on to Division One, leading the way in Week 18 are Olscott Heath on 260 points. Then 12 points behind them are Frankton. In third place, one point behind them are Newtown. Then 23 points behind them in fourth are Werfield, second 11. Then a few points behind them in fifth on 207 points are Chirk. Two points behind them in sixth are Schiffnell, second 11. Then there's a bit of a jump down. 17 points behind them are Bowmere Heath in seventh place. Eighth place are Roxeter. Ninth place are Lillishaw. Tenth on 167 points are Kund. 28 points behind them in 11th are Wellington, second 11, and in 12th place on 99 points. Full 40 behind Wellington, second 11, are Bridgenorth, second 11. Original side, well, the club who have had a pretty hard and tough season across the club. Apart from their ones who are starting to pull themselves out of relegation candidacy, but even being in that position's got to be tough. So we'll start off with the man himself, Andy Harrison. And Andy, it's been a really tight season up the top with the top three changing positions throughout the season. And uh, there's only one person that uh, people are talking about in Division 1, and that's Jason Allen. Yeah, future captain, I hear. Jason, oh no, 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 Ashish Ashish, isn't it? That's that's one. Um, yeah, it's very tight up the top. Uh, can talk from experience playing against uh, Allscott. I think they're a good side. Do I think they're a prem club? Um, I think they need to improve a lot. Um, a great bunch of lads, as always. Same lads we've played against for years and years and years. But Ashish Ashish is an absolute superstar. He's a fantastic cricketer. Um, Bat and ball. I, I don't even think he's pulled his finger out with the ball. I really don't. He's he looks class. Um and as a batsman, he's got 
such an array of shots. I mean, any club that's got him for nothing this year, <laughs> you really need to, you know, give yourself a tap on the black because he is serious. Um, obviously, Frankton are always up there and just one team that really staggered me and just, I, w- I went to watch a game. Um, uh, we got called off early and I saw that couldn't, couldn't were on. So I popped down, see the boys, got across the field and uh, watched Newtown absolutely smash them, really. I, th- I thought Newtown bowled absolutely class. It really did. I thought as a bowling unit, they were brilliant. So I'm not surprised at all to see them up there. Season on season, they just seem to do it, don't they? Um, but I've got to say, what a competitive league. And I, I know I'm uh, a shift all twos player at the moment. And it's... Uh, you look at us some weeks and we can put a really good strong side out and to be in sixth, I think just proves how strong the league is. Yeah, Schiffnall 2 is a side that you'd always expect to be up there, especially when they're calling on the kind of talent of John T. Mountford. And um, Joss, have you ever known as our wisest member of the Cow Corner podcast team? And uh, the... You two must be thick. <laughs> as the most uh, well-read. Have you ever known such an overseas like Ashish Ashish? Well, I've never seen him play, but I've seen his stats. So he's obviously a phenomenal player. Um, and he's, he's, I would say, the main reason they are where they are. But it has been a tremendous, tremendous division this year. As you've said, the, the top place has chopped and changed for, for many weeks now. I did back all Scott to win it from, from the start. I'll, I'll put that in there as well. And uh, I think they will now. Look at their running. They've got um, three out of their four fixtures are on paper fairly easy. So I think they will. They will win it. Is but it, but it's been a great division. Really is has. Ashish Ashish as good as James Arab? Because I see James is in the uh, is second in the the run scored for the season. Although he's played a thousand games, he's played more than that. I think. Um, <laughs> yeah, he's got a lot of runs. I don't think he's second anymore. But he, he's, his average isn't isn't as good as some others oh, right. in, okay. uh, at Albury in particular. Uh, I think he's 264th in the league averages. Oh. Oh, I thought it'd be... He's second in the, in the runs. I, thought I, it'd be, I don't I think he's anymore. I don't think he's anymore. Oh. No. oh. Sorry, oh, James. And, and so some of the... I mean, Ashish Ashish plays against people who are over 15 as well, I think. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's good for me. I, I'm going to have to tell Hazard and I. I'm going to have to tell him. You're going to have to listen to this one. We've bigged you up. Joss has just mate. slammed him down. <laughs> This is fighting, <laughs> fighting talk from Joss. Here we He's go, my Joss. Captain. He's my captain. <laughs> oh, anyway, as we move on from some very niche chat that only half of the listenership will understand. Um, oh, what's that? That's, that doesn't sound like a good sound. Anyway, so talking of Division 1 and our first lister question from Division 1 comes from Tom Marsh. Tom asks... Hello, guys. Tom Marsh here. <laughs> Hello, guys. Tom... <laughs> Hello guys, Tom Marsh here, long time listener of the podcast, really, really enjoy it. 
Anyway, I would like to ask, should the league awards... <laughs> anyway, I would like to ask, should the league awards an extra point per player that goes back to the clubhouse after the game and has a pint with the opposition? Anyway, guys, thank you very much. Love the podcast. Looking forward to scoring at the weekend. All the best. <laughs> All the best. Your friend, Thomas Marsh. Yeah, thank you very much, Tom. Leave the room. <laughs> <laughs> thank you very much. Thank you very much, Thomas. Really great question. And I think... <laughs> We are probably the ideal podcast to ask that question, given the fact that <laughs> we are um, experts in this situation. Anyway, Andy Harrison, uh, your thoughts. Should teams get extra points per player that goes back to the clubhouse after the game and has a pint with the opposition? Obviously not, but um, it is, I feel, something that we should really do. I, I think it's a traditionally... It's something we should do, but I am seeing a lot of teams on Twitter or other platforms slagging other clubs off for not doing it. And I, I just want to point something out sometimes. I don't think kids under the age of 16 should have to go back for a drink after the game. If their parents are picking them up, I think you've got to be realistic sometimes. You just say, at least if a handful of you go in, have yeah. a pint after the game, I think that's absolutely fair. Um, but I mean, I, I think it's been a very big year for Twitter and some cricket clubs, you've got to be careful because if you take your own beer, you can be banned for life. Yeah. Little Tommy Marsh there, uh, with the question and, um, you don't want to be taking your own beer to other teams, clubhouses and especially when they sell, well, I mean, you can to some places, but if they sell beer on the premises, that's quite a dangerous thing to do, uh, isn't it, Anne? It's very dangerous, especially with the man who uh, who's in charge. You don't want to mess with him. Yeah, Joss, as a former publican... Uh, <laughs> oh, yeah, well, a bit more part-time nowadays. Uh, what are your thoughts on this uh, topic? Well, I mean, Tom is obviously affiliated to All Scott through scoring, and they are one of the most sociable clubs <laughs> on, on the circuit, I think, so that they'd be even clearer if they did get a point to when they went back. Um it's a difficult one. As Andy says, junior, you can't expect juniors to go back. There's a few clubs in the league that are heavily Muslim who won't drink as well. So, you know, you, you can't really expect them to go back. Um, but for me, it's part, it's part of the game, having a pint afterwards with the oppo and having a chat about the game. And it's, it's important for me. It's not for everyone. So it's up to them, really. Obviously, they'll, they'll never bring in a rule that you get points from Obviously, I mean, I've, over the years playing Saturdays, I've seen teams apologise for not being able to come back for a beer. Um, obviously, having like, say, a, like a, a, an evening wedding party, because obviously in the, in the summer, not many cricketers have weddings today on a Saturday, but there is friends that have weddings and stuff like that. So I think it's absolutely acceptable. I think you're absolutely smack on. I think there is some clubs out there that, you know, we all know are the better social clubs in the league and it's I think it's a credit I don't think you need to slag other clubs off though in my opinion and I you know I'm not I'm not having a point I'm, I'm not putting my finger out at certain clubs there is a lot of clubs that do it they do moan that they don't come back like but 
at the end of the day, I think that's what like my, one of my former clubs couldn't. They now have their own bar. And it, it does make a difference because you can just grab a quick can, have a can, have a chat and go. Uh, you know, other clubs, you've got to go back to a, another pub, another venue. So I, I just think you've got to be realistic. And it is, it's a tradition, I feel, to have a beer after the game. I like a beer after the game. That's just what I've been brought up doing. But I don't think it's for everyone. And I think we should really just, I don't think we should fall out over it. And I don't think it should be put on a platform slagging a team off for not going for a beer. Yeah, that's my opinion. And I also agree if they've got their own bar, then you do not bring your own beer. That, that's, that's bang, right. that's bang out of order. Yeah. Yeah. And they know who they are. It's absolutely it's priceless. It was so funny. It's like I did laugh. <laughs> anyway, enough about beers because I think we give beer um, a lot of airtime on this podcast. And- um, so let's look at that top four. You've got Werfield second eleven in fourth place on two hundred and twenty-four points, and then thirty-six points above them are Oscott Heath in first. And there's only twelve points between them and Frankton, and there's one point between Frankton and Newtown. And the lead and first and second and third has been swapping between the three sides pretty much since week one. It's been the most consistent of any division apart from when Schiffnell 2's Chirk and Lillishall all briefly interrupted these top three, but only for a little while. So looking at the final few weeks and the run-ins, we've obviously got four weeks left for the other divisions that we talk about on this podcast. Uh, where do you think it's going to go? Who who do you think is going to uh, come out on top in Division 1? And we'll start with Joss Elliott. Um, I think it'll be all Scott. I think they've got... They've got, they've got to play Worfield, but their other, their other three games are against teams in the bottom half. Um... And I don't think they'll have a problem with that. And and they deserve to go up for me. Um, and I, I think I mentioned on the last podcast, they've also done it without having quite such a heavy uh, run contribution from Carl Starling. Obviously, Ashish has got them, but I think Jason Summers and uh, Jason Allen have both scored more than Carl, or had done a couple of weeks ago anyway. So good to see they're getting runs. No, no disrespect to Carl. Good to see they're getting runs from elsewhere. Um and they absolutely deserve to go. They're a big club. They've got big plans. Um, I think they belong in the Prem. Um, it would be a shame to see Newtown not go up, having started so, so well. I mean, they're still doing okay in third, but they started so well. Point behind Frankton now. I think it'll be, it'll be between those two. I'm not sure which way I'm going, but it, it'll... Um, it, it, as I say, it's been it's been a great division this this year. It really has keeps on giving. Yeah. So this weekend coming, Frankton have got Newtown. They then finish the season against Bridge North, Kund and Schiffnell. All Scott Heath, on the other hand, have Werfield, then Bowmere, then Lillishaw, then Wellington. So all sides in the middle of the table. Newtown then have, as we've mentioned, Frankton next week. Then Werfield. Bottom sides, Bridge North and Lillishall, who find themselves in ninth. So as you kind of find with these end of season runs, there's always a couple sides who are going to have a big influence at the end of the season. And Lillishall, a side who find themselves in ninth, 10 points behind fellow promoted side Roxeter, who are in eighth, find themselves with a big part to play in who gets promoted from Division 1. Now, Joss, at the start of the season... 
would you have been surprised if you'd have said that Lillishaw and Rockster would have looked as safe as they are going into these final four games? <laughs> but with four games to go and only 10 points between them and Kund, it's still probably all to play for given what's going on in the Birmingham League. Um, my surprise, I, I don't, it's a long time since I left Rockster um, and I don't really know Lillishaw that well. So but obviously they both came up, so good enough to come up. Um, I wouldn't really know where to put them. What I am surprised about is that Kund are below them because I know Kund signed very well in the winter. You know, they've got Craig Heath, who's who is scoring runs. Ed Davis, who's second a, second in the run scorers, yeah. is Craig Heath with six hundred and seventy six, nearly three hundred behind Ashish Ashish. But I think everyone else is in the world. Can I finish now? Sorry, yes, go <laughs> on. And uh, Ed Davis and Alex Johnson. So I know I've spoken to Joe about this. He would expect them to be a lot higher than they are. So they've had a disappointing season. Um, I'm pretty sure they're not They're not going to lose the 28 points that they are ahead of Wellington, so I think they'll be okay. But disappointment all around for them. But Roxton and Liddishall, I think the start of the season, if you said you'll stay up, they might have taken that. You know, they've done all right. Bomir have dug themselves out because they were struggling all season, really. They're now sort of nearly in the top half. Where where they belong? You look at the names they got playing for them. They should be they should be higher than where they are, I think. But yeah, I, th- I think I think Wellington and Bridge North are doing. It's a shame to see Wellington seconds so low down when they're first are flying. Yeah, so that is one of the other listener questions that we had sent in, and it came in from Darren Shimmons. He said, "Question for tonight, guys." He said, what do you think the league's ruling would be if Wellington end up with two teams in Division 2 next year? If their second team is relegated and their third team stay put, how do you think it will affect relegation promotion from Division 3 and 4? And we'll start with the man, the league's favourite podcaster, Andy Harrison. Andy. I think that's an absolutely superb question. Um, Literally until he just brought that up, I didn't even notice. Um... I don't think two clubs, uh, two teams from the same club should be in the same league, in my opinion. Um, but then it does sort of make a mockery in a way of um, league position. Um, and I think Joss has pretty much got it smack on. Uh, all my A lot of my mates play for Kund Cricket Club. Uh, they're having a very, very, I would say, very disappointing season. Um, and I think I think they should be worried. If that's the case, I think um, I can't. I mean, there, there is there is leagues, isn't there, with two teams in? Is it on the it used to be on the Sunday? It used to be mainly third and fourth. I think it used to be, it, used to be the same. So. But I really just I, it doesn't sit right with me that Wellington twos should be in the same league as the threes. I just don't think it works. Um, and I think Kun should be worried. And I think, to be honest with you, I think Lillishaw and Rockster should be worried as well because. It only takes a couple of games. We, we, know, we always know what it's like playing for these clubs. It, it, it can change within a week. And uh, and yeah, it's going to be tasty, the, the back end of the season. I just, just obviously with, with Joss bringing up Kund uh, as a group of my friends, unfortunately, um, Ed Davis played, I think it's the f- first four games. Hasn't played since, but he, I think he won them two games. Craig's won him a couple of games. And I think Alex Johnson's had a couple of good knocks, but hasn't played a lot of cricket. And I think... They've signed really well, Kun, but unfortunately haven't been able to be consistent. Um, yeah, I think it was something that you brought up pre-season, Joss, um, when you were talking about Kund and their transfers. You you brought it up early on. You said, yeah, these are good players, but how many games are they going to play? 
But you look at Kunz and when they have played, they've pretty much won them games. Yeah, unfortunately, Ed Davis, you know, when he was at Central, he, he didn't play much at all. And he seems to have, I don't know if he's got commitments with his farm or whatever, but he's, he seems to have slipped back into that into that pattern of not playing very much, which would be disappointing for him because he's such a talented cricketer. And it's it's such a, as I said, I his reasons, but it's such a waste that someone with that talent isn't playing as much as they should. Zimmer's playing regularly enough and scoring runs. But yeah, it's, it's a shame for them. I, I do feel for them. And, and, I, and I tell you, if, if they did go down in 10th, because Wellington, the league didn't relegate Wellington because they can't be in the same team as Wellington thirds, what's this space? That'd be an interesting discussion, I'm sure. Yeah, would it be the case that they would potentially, Jerkin, have to push Wellington threes down a division into division three, which would cause all sorts of a palaver with everything that's going on? Or... Do you think that they're more likely to have two teams in both divisions? I think generally from what I've heard in the past, and again, this is stuff that's said in the past, so you don't really want to tar the current regime with stuff that people have previously said, but I think they've always wanted to keep sides separate unless they really had to. And I think the reason they had two Maidley sides in the same Sunday division was because it was the lowest Sunday cricket that you could play in. Imagine being in like mid-table in Division 2 and being relegated just because you're twos haven't done well enough. But I guess that's part of what happens when you've got three sides all within a division of each other. Yeah. And I've, and I've always complimented Wellington on how, how evenly spaced their teams are, if you like. Yeah, I mean, they've got, I mean, they've got five five teams, isn't they? But they're quite evenly spaced through through the leagues, which is healthy, really. You know, you look at old Albury, for example, we've got first in Division 2, second in Division 7. It's a hell of a... And someone like myself, who's sort of flitting between the two. It's a hell of a difference in standard, whereas if you're Wellington, if you go up a, a team, you're only going up a division, maybe two divisions, which is yeah, for those to adapt to. For those of you wondering, their ones are in the Prem, their twos are in Division 1, their threes are in Division 2, their fours are then in Division 5, and then their fifth team play Sunday Division 1. Anyway, Andy, what I would like to know from you is, what do you think is the biggest surprise in Division 1 this season? I, I, I've got to be honest, I think you made a great point about would they relegate Wellington from Division 2. And I, I've had a look in Division 2, and I know we'll come on to it in a bit, but they finished the season with um, playing uh, Knockin, Forton, Albury and Beacon, all sides, I think, that are above them. So that is quite a tough running. So you, you don't quite know. They could end up in the bottom two, which would obviously make it a lot easier. Um I mean, I just don't think you can have two teams in the same league. Um, I, I mean, with my like Kun friends hat on, I, I'd, I'd hate to see Kun go down because of that. Um, but at the end of the day, I, you, we always say it, you, you are where you are in the league, and you, you, you are there. And and you look at some of the clubs that have been, I mean, rocks to the palaver a few years ago where they weren't happy with the relegation. You know, it happens, doesn't it? So. We, all we can do is expect it, um, but I'm going to I'm going to stick with probably Kund because I think they are the team that have probably had the season that I would say is probably uh, they're nowhere near on uh, the standard they should be. I think they've got some very very talented cricketers there, but unfortunately I have watched them a couple of times and the other a few of the other lads haven't quite stepped up. They've got three or four very very good cricketers in the squad. Um, but I think they have got 
some really good, talented players there that just haven't stepped up. And that's cricket uh, and it happens. And I just hope they stay in that division because they've got a lot of players, as I say, apart from the like sort of recognised names, that of a, a division one cricketers and to get relegated would be an absolute blow for them because they're, they're still developing a lot of them as well. Joss, what are your thoughts? Division one, who have been the biggest surprise or you could even say surprise is for you. Who have, uh, who have stood out? Well, um, I've already said my biggest surprise is couldn't being, being as low as are. I think we've spoken enough about them. Um, I've been quite surprised at how low Bomir how underperformed they have, I think, this year as well. I think looking at their names, in particular their bowling. Did you choose them to win the league? Because I'm pretty sure I, I think sure I might have done. Did. Yeah, I might yeah. well have done. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. do remember. I recall yeah. one of you saying that. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I think they're safe enough. But I'd have certainly put them top three with with the names they've got playing for them. Um, so that those are those are negative um, surprises for me. Um, New town perennial competitors in this division. Um, I hope they go up because they're they're, they're 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 there or thereabouts every year, and um, this could be their time. I do think all Scots are going to going to going to walk it in the end. I think they're they're too strong, and they've got a fairly decent last four games as well. But uh, be a good battle between Newtown and Frankton for the last four games, especially this weekend. What a game that's going to be, Frankton Newtown. Well, yeah. That's going to be massive in the context of Division 1. And it's all set up at the top, at the bottom. But it, it always is in Division 1. I loved Division 1 is such a good division because, as we've said many times before, it is very split. For me, positive surprise this season have been Werfield's second 11. Werfield's second 11, the side who finished ninth in Division 1 last season, finished pretty much around the same position the year before and were promoted from Division 2 in 2019. Sidhu were playing against Albury 2s not long ago, just to give you an idea of how low a standard they were playing against. Um, now find themselves... <laughs> now find themselves in fourth in Division 1 and not far off those top three. Biggest negative surprise for me, a bit like you said, Joss, I think, Chirk, Schiffnell 2s and Bomir, that 5th, 6th, 7th, they are three sides who I would say probably at the beginning of the season would be expecting to challenge. And for them to find themselves 5th, 6th, 7th would be a massive, massive, like... Oh, well, I think our friend of the podcast, Mr. Swarbrick, hasn't played or performed as much as he, he does usually. I haven't followed their results that closely, but... I haven't noticed any standout performances or as many standout performances by him as he, as he has done in previous years. It's probably made a difference to Chirk. Schiffel's seconds, are, I'm not that close to. Obviously, Andy's attached to them. Um, and if he's playing for them, it's not one of those in trouble, really. Yeah. He's yeah. not very good. <laughs> yeah, Beef. Uh, talk to us a little bit about that. How come Schiffel twos, a side who are in the Prem last season, haven't done as well and haven't competed? A side who, season before, second in Div 1, fourth in Div 1, always a side that people always used to look to and say, if we finish above Schiffel twos, we know that we've had a very good season in Division 1. I think um, it's a classic case of a second team which has a completely different side every week. Um, availability is hard. I know uh, uh, Biss is skipper and um, it must be hard turning up every week having a completely different side. And I think I think it's just proved in the first team, I, I've noticed in the last 
four or five games, we've pretty much had a consistent side. And all of a sudden, we're fourth in Birmingham League Two. And I think if we had a consistent side every week, it'd be a completely different thing. But the games I've played, a handful of games, obviously, I'm gutted I'm injured. But, you know, to play in the twos with, with all the lads, it's been, it's been an experience because I've met so many different lads because it has been like that. Um, but they have the stalwarts, they have the John T's, the, the Biss. And um, I think as a club, we'll be disappointed to, to be where we are. Um, but again, it's a classic case. I think Shrewsbury Cricket Club, I mean, I reckon on their day, if they have a full capacity of players playing on a Saturday, their second team in the Prem could beat anyone. So I think it, I think it's really... I do think that if Schiffnell have a full, say, 22 on a Saturday, I think they, they, could, they could quite easily win the league. It's, it's just one of them. That's the trouble with it. You know, being a second team can be quite difficult at times. Okay, very quickly, I'm going to go around all of us now. Um, we've only got a few seconds left on this pod because I realise we are going on for a long time and it's all been really good chat, so I don't want to edit any of it out tonight. But anyway, quickly around the pod and we'll start with Joss Elliott. Joss, who's going up? How many are going down? Um, all Scott are going up and the winners of this weekend's game between Frankton and Newtown are going up. Um, I'm backing Newtown for that one. Uh, Bridge North, definitely down. And I tell you, it was a really interesting question. Darren Shimmer's brought up about Wellington as well. Um, so I'm going to put my neck out and say Lily Shawler going down. Oh, interesting choice there. Um, Andy Harrison, what are your thoughts? Uh, well, I think Ashish Ashish. Uh, no, no, all are going to win the league. Um, I think that's a, a given, to be honest. I think they are the strongest side. and we all joke about Ashish Ashish being a great player. I think they've just got a great squad. So um, I think they deserve to go up. I think, I think Newtown will go up with them. I was impressed with them. So. I'm going to support the Welsh. And Andy never pays for a pint ever again in Newtown. <laughs> anyway, carry on. And then uh, going down, um, I think uh, Bridge North being bottom, I think, I think they'll go down. And oh, it's really tough, but I could see Wellington going down to us. I'm an ex-cum player, so I don't want them to go down. So it's either it's either Wellington or maybe Lillishall or Rockster. So no, I'm just going to go at Wellington. Sorry, guys. They're a really good <laughs> bunch of lads as well. I really like them. And there you go. Let's move ourselves on to our next section and the moment everyone's been waiting for. Joss Elliott's Division 2 Wickets. 45 I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. 
Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. So anyway, we move ourselves on to Division 2 and leading the way as they have done since week six, our Chelmarsh Cricket Club with 274 points. Behind them on 251 are Ellesmere Cricket Club. In third place are Forsen with 227. One point behind them in fourth are Knockin. Ten points behind them in fifth are Alberbury. Three points behind them are Albrighton. Two points behind them are Beacon. Then there is a bit of a jump down to Sentinel who are in eighth with 183 points. Ninth, Wellington third 11 with 174. Ten points behind them in 10th place are Shelton second 11 and in 11th are Treasel and Seaston with 130 points so they're 34 points behind Shelton second 11 in 10th and then 12 points behind them in 12th rock bottom are Pontsbury Cricket Club so first of all we have a question that has come in from Steve Gray and Steve Gray asks Hey guys, Steve Gray here. Question for the podcast. Question for Joss. Why hasn't Joss made it into Alberby's first 11 as a bowler? Lots of love. The Canary, Steve Gray. Thank you very much, Steve. And I think for this one, we'll go over to Joss Elliott. That's a very easy one to answer. I have made it into the first team as a bowler. Yeah, so Joss, um, do you want to take us through some of your wickets at the weekend? Um, only got one this weekend. Um, you want me to bring up your worldie, don't you? <laughs> to be fair, Hurley with the nickname the Dolly Dropper did take an absolute worldie this weekend, and it was off my bowling, so I was, I was even more delighted. Um, to, to dismiss to dismiss Beacon's danger man Christian Barrow, um, who would have won the match without a without a shadow of a doubt, but um, I outthought him really, and, and he'll bowl to my field. He'll leap like a gazelle to take the catch. Um, so, yeah, the answer to your question, Steve, I am in the first team as a bowler. I can bat a bit as well. Although, <laughs> I do dispute ca- that. <laughs> I do kind of feel a bit sorry for Christian, who um, I did have a friend who came to watch, and uh, they they mentioned to me after the game, they went, oh, yeah, you know that bloke who you caught? And I went, yeah, yeah. <laughs> they went, oh, it was quite funny as he walked off because they went, oh, who took the catch? And he went, <laughs> yes don't worry mate i was just as shocked as and surprised as you are but as were yeah. the entire old team <laughs> can you uh play hallelujah again please because you've, you've caught a wildy what's going on there mate? come on just just enjoy it for a minute because it will change next week when you drop a dolly <laughs> <laughs> I, I, i'd just like to put some background behind some background behind steve gray's question as well i think perhaps not everyone's aware that um I um, made him look at complete fall on finals day, um, weekend before last. He, he, you know, it's what happens when you try to reverse sweep Joss Elliott. You, your leg stump goes flying, basically. <laughs> I, did, I did say you're the English Mitchell Johnson, mate. Left arm, <laughs> rapid. Been in good form, Joss, and uh, gets many good cricketers. Or Nick Bevan struggle to get Joss off the square I think a lot of four defences were played there Joss he's he's genuinely never faced pace like it and I think that is true <laughs> <laughs> yes it's it's been good and anyway moving moving away from Joss Elliott 
um, however much everyone would love us to talk about it. Um, Joss, let's talk about Division 2, uh, a division that you have become all too familiar with this season, despite still being the top run, one of the top run scorers in Division 7. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, get you a man who can do it all. Trailmarsh, well away at the top, and Ellesmere inspired. And the question I would like to ask Joss is, as Andy has a piss. Thank you for holding. The Cow Corner podcast will be back after this short intermission. So anyway, now Andy's finished his piss. Um, Joss. <laughs> Joss, the question I would like to ask you, is Ash Thomas the best player in Division 2? Ash Thomas is a very good all-rounder in Division 2. Um, I We played against, well, we turned up against Halsmere a couple of weeks ago. They absolutely annihilated us. We didn't even come second. Um, Ash opened the bowling bowled incredibly well as he always does incredibly tight very quick and he scored i don't know probably 60 or so of the 80 they needed when he opened the batting very good around performance by him he is consistent he's a consistent performer um and i think they're going up they're 24 points clear of third um a bit behind chanwash i think they'll go up as runners up and he he would hold his own in div one i'm sure but I'm not sure about Ellesmere as a team in Div 1. Um, and I hope they prove me wrong. I, I'm not having to go Ellesmere. But Ash is a very good performer. Very good all-rounder. Yeah. yeah, one of the things I've noticed about Division 2 this season, whereas in Division 1, you've got a lot of sides who are generally across the board all very strong. And the sides who are at the top have got that consistency of good player from top to bottom. In Division 2, you may have a decent side in half of it is about that consistency of selection but it's more about how consistent your best two or three players are each week and if you can get a good performance out of two or three players every week and whether that makes a massive difference yeah and and, and Chelmarsh have, have proved that really you know they were they weren't good enough for div one last year they they've looks like they're winning div two out of canter this year um connor obviously consistent performer for them and um, they've had Tom Tom Hall, is it? The Tom Hill? The Tom, Tom Hill, Tom yeah. Hill, he, he's performed. Alex Stars in the runs this year. So, you know, a couple have stepped up this year. And uh, they deserve to be where they are. And we'll see how they got on next year back in Div 1. Yeah, and I think you look at you look at third to seventh, and there's 16 points between seventh and third. And just one win gets you up to third. And all of those sides that you look there, Forton, Knocking, Alberbury, Beacon, those, you know, all Brighton, all of those sides have got very good teams and very good squads, but you probably say they've lacked a little bit of consistency or all Brighton have got a couple very, very good players. And you kind of get the feeling that they would rely on them a bit more than others. But again, it's, it's quite hard when you only play, a, <laughs> when it's only like you've only played a side once, but um, all Brighton have got obviously got very good players and it's good to see them see them up there but you look at Beacon, Forton, you look at their whole side 1 to 11 you'd probably say they've got a bit more but some sides may have done better because their two or three are consistently getting match winning performances on a Saturday. So, so I would say speaking for Albury, I think if we had and this this 
my point is this isn't just Albury. I think it applies to probably Forton, Knockin, Albury, Beacon, um, Central even. If we had our strongest 11 out every single week, we could win that league. Um, but no team does, ever. <laughs> mm. And it's easy to say that. But um, And it, it sounds a bit of a weird thing to say, but I've spoken to a lot of teams in Division 2. And the only side, I think it's only Chalmarsh here, the only side who I've spoken to this season that, you know, I've had a chat with and they've gone, yeah, we're actually really enjoying it this season, but would you want to go up? And it sounds a really weird thing to say, but all these sides are in Division 2. They're all very competitive. Obviously, I think the bottom two are adrift for a reason. Ponsbury, again, another side that, you know, if they had the best side, they would, they, 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 you know, if Ponsbury had their best side, they'd clearly be one of the top sides in Division 2. Uh, Treasel, again, again, haven't, I haven't got a very good sample size from them. I've only played them the once and never seen them the once. They've obviously they they conceded at the weekend, didn't they? Yeah, and they've obviously got they again they've got like they've got the two Barry brothers. They're very good. They had the two opening bats against us. Their skipper as well, you know. But again, apart from that, then it got quite threadbare when they played us. So again, it's quite. But you don't know what they're turning out with week to week. But yeah, it's it's been quite a tight division and it's, it's, it's a surprise for me really to kind of see two sides so far out ahead. But again, Chalmarsh have from the beginning of this season have set their stall up by getting an overseas. We've got Garrett. Yeah. It's not really an overseas though, is he doesn't play enough and he's not good enough to get paid. Um, but, um, yeah, it's, um, (laughs) and he doesn't listen to the podcast. (laughs) Um, but yes, um, Andy, thoughts on your, as someone who doesn't play in Division 2, what are your thoughts looking in from the outside? Well, I think you made a good point about teams almost not wanting to go up because they can enjoy their cricket a bit more. I think we spoke a bit last year about yourselves, Ponsbury, teams that, although Ponsbury were top of the league at one point, um, unbelievably like ended up mid-table, uh, and threw away a chance going into the Prem because I genuinely thought they were going to do it. I really did at one point. Um, very sad to see them down at the bottom. I hate to see it, actually, because I, I I know the work that some of the people put in, especially around the ground, to see them down there and potentially, and probably will, play Division 3 cricket next year is is sad. Um, but, you know, Chelmarsh, I think they've just proved the last few years that they're, they're too good for Division 2. And maybe not good enough for Division 1, but I think, again, they've got a lot of players that will improve. I reckon if they go up this year, they'll stay in Division 1 next year. I really do. I think uh, Connor is a, a fantastic cricketer, a uh, good mate of mine. Alex Starr, I've known quite well. He's played a few games with me before. He's, he's very talented. Um, Ellesmere, don't know a lot about, but another club. It's, it's good, good to see him back there again, back up there. Forton. Played against them for years. Uh, the Sayers brothers, good, good bunch of lads. I, I really feel like back in the day, they they were, they were a bit of a one of them sides that you used to used to hate playing. Um, but they were they were a good side. Knock in again. Oh, it, it is a lot of teams that used to be in Division One here. Um, it, I think it's sad to see Beacon in, in seventh. Um, 
But I think there's a lot of good first teams in this league, isn't there? There's a lot of good first teams. That I, yeah. I do agree with you that the likes of Alberbury that you boys play for, if you put a first team out every week, I think you know, you'd, you'd have a chance to win it. Yeah. It's just a case of whether whether that'd happen. And also, I think there is that, I don't know, it's been quite a nice year in the fact that you know that you, you're in every game that you play in. If you, yeah, we've, we turned up, we've had two games this season where we've turned up and just got rolled. But again, I think a lot of that also was down to the way that we lost the toss. We lost the toss against Ellesmere and we lost the toss against Chelmarsh on pitches where whoever won the toss won the game effectively. Um, but again, also came up against players who had absolute, who had days out. Ash Thomas had an absolute day out against us. One of the best individual performances I've ever seen from a player. And um, all the way back, first game of the season, Chelmarsh's bowling attack had an, a great day against Aubrey on a on a on a deck. That Elliot, was, Elliot, Elliot Ward, was a Elliot Ward, yeah, 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 Elliot Ward. Uh, they they had a great day against us. And again, a bit like what we were saying earlier. Some sometimes it's about who you face at what point in the season and what day in the season that you face them, but. You know, you look at Chelmarsh, they've lost two games all season. Week four, Sentinel. Week five, or Brighton. Haven't lost again all season. Look at Ellesmere, they've lost their games. Week three, knocking. Week four, Alberbury. And week seven, Sentinel. And uh, week 10, Chelmarsh. But apart from that, not lost. Um, and then you mentioned Beacon, Andy. A side who done really well, but then all of a sudden have lost their last two games. Got an absolute shellacking by Chow Marsh, and those are the words of uh, Guy, and then lost a tight affair against Alberbury this weekend. They only lost one other game previous to that, and that was against Chow Marsh. They've been really affected by abandoned games. They've had seven... And they've week, had s- week 12 abandoned, week 13 abandoned. They've had week seven 14. games. They've had seven games abandoned, yeah. Yeah. I was going to say, that's, that's obviously horrific. We are talking about Beacon, aren't we? Yeah. Yeah, um, I've got to be honest with you. I think Beacon were one of the clubs that I looked at pre-season um, and wondered how they would get get on. Uh, a, a team that I've probably praised over the years quite a lot with the way they've been run, working their way all the way up from the bottom all the way to the top. Um, I, I mean, the, I know Prem's the top, but they worked their way all the way up to Division 1 and I think they did a great job. Um I think they've now found their feet a little bit. I think they're in division, obviously being in division two, I think it's probably their level at the moment with the squad they have. But I do think they're a progressive club. I I think Beacon will come back next year. I think they'll come back. I reckon they'll sign a couple of players and we'll push back up again. Because, yeah, I think, I I just think they're, they're a club that have have been in motion and been, been very good for the last fair few years. So uh, very, very sad to see him down at seventh, actually. I've got to be honest. Yeah, Josh, how, how big an impact do you think that these abandoned games, and you look at the side that Sentinel put out against us on Saturday, and you, you also think of some of the players that they haven't got playing for them. And may I just go on record and say congratulations to Jamie Martindale on having his first child. Good, yeah, good to see him on Saturday. Well. Although I was, I was at the crease, obviously, for so long. Where is Jamie? I thought Jamie died, to be honest. Well, for, for those of you who didn't know, Jamie used to come on here and uh, talk... On the podcast, uh, has then been, as you can see, procreating, and has created one half his own. Um, it's never been the same. It's never been the same without Jamie. But 
Yeah. Congratulations, Jamie. It's been that long. Congratulations, <laughs> Jamie, from yeah, all well of us done. here at the Calcona Boggers. Yeah. And uh, yeah, he's been obviously a massive loss to Beacon this season. Someone who bats bowls and probably one of their best batters and one of their best bowlers uh, when he does play. Yuri Pugh, you know, players, they've got great strength in depth at Beacon. Um, and yeah, I, I don't know. Like knocking, they, Jekyll and Hyde, when they've played us this season. The first game of the season, you know, we played them and we wiped the floor with them and our second game and absolutely smashed us, you know, and, and I think that goes to show what Division 2 is about. You know, you've got good enough chances any, but um, yeah, Joss, we'll start with you. What is your biggest surprise in Division 2 this season? Um, biggest surprise, biggest surprise. I, I want to try and come up with a positive surprise. All my surprises have been negative so far. Uh, I, I'm not going to talk about Ponce because I seem to get into trouble whenever I mention them because I've got so many sensitive characters at war. One sensitive character there, anyway. Pud. No, not Pud. No. <laughs> um, see, see that lead to me. There's nothing jumps out as a massive surprise, really. I think, I think it's a really good division, and as we touched on earlier, and I've been shot down in flames for saying this before. I think Alberbury belong in that division, um, and. <laughs> there you go shot down in flames again I'm only joking um, mate but obviously were, were we 30 points better off I well I I, I played to win every game anyway but it, it's I've enjoyed the games I've played in Division 2 I've enjoyed them they're, they're nicely contested they're not and we, as you say we're not getting dicked every week we compete and it's generally friendly games and it's it's teams that we played against in Div 1 five, six, seven years ago. You know, your, your Ponsby's, your Beacons, your Knockins. Exactly. Clubs that are our size as well. Yeah, Clubs yeah, that are our yeah. size. We all get along with each other yeah. and we can all bitch about all the big clubs Yeah, without having yeah. to play them. So, yeah. So I, I've enjoyed it and, and there's nothing, I generally don't think anything is a surprise to me there. I think it's, and congratulations to Chelmarsh because they, they've, um, they've led from the off really and deserve to go back up. Okay, Andy, here you go. I want you to give me a reason why the top two and the bottom two will not finish the same. Here we go. Right, so... Um I realistically can't. <laughs> um, I don't want to sound like I, I, let, I built you up the I, big fighting yeah, sort moment there, Andy. I don't particularly want to be a party pooper here. I don't want to be like Joss, me really negative as well about it. Like Joss just said, he doesn't, doesn't want to be negative about these teams. But just, I, I'm, I'm just so saddened to see Pontsbury down there. I really am. Um, I, I just can't believe the club that I used to play against back in the day... Uh, are in 12th and obviously I haven't really followed their availability so I, I wouldn't know I did play against uh, Trizel when I was injured at one point at Wem trying to get myself back fit and I had a bit of a bat there and I've got to be honest I knew it would be hard work going up because it's quite a competitive league and I think Joss is absolutely smack on I, I actually really it's a really attractive league I think there's a lot of real nice clubs in there and I'm pretty sure there's no no nasty games I just can't see it because some lovely clubs in there, and uh, it's it's amazing to see all them first teams up the top, and and we've we've spoke about it before. 
ex Division One clubs. Ex, I mean, uh, a few of them have they been in the Prem? Four have been in the Prem. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah so, and you, and you, and you, and you look, yeah, you look at all Brighton. I mean, oh, God, they have been a superb side in the past. But I think I think Joss is right. Alberbury. I did say last year. I got, obviously I've got a lot of friends to pay for Alberbury. I think they've gone back to a level where they, James they, they probably should be, and they've got some some good youngsters coming uh, coming through, which we, I witnessed last weekend uh, for Josephs and, and stuff like that. They're very good players, and I think Beacon again. Uh, I, I said it before. I think they need a restart. They do. I think they could sign maybe two or three new players, maybe strengthen somewhere. They've got a lot of youth, so I don't think they need to worry about that. But I think again, I think they'll bounce back next year. I mean, I. I Pretty sure I tipped them to win the league. I think. Mm. Well, I think I might have tipped Chelmarsh to win it, but then to to go up with them and uh, top two, I I can't see it changing. It is yeah. good to see Ellsmere back up there, but do they play at Overton or do they play at Ellsmere? They play. Are they play at Ellsmere now? They've got some good players. They've got all. Uh, I've, all I've heard all season about Ellsmere is where are they playing. Because <laughs> I'm, the, I'm the secretary of Division Two in the Even League. And no one knows where they bloody play. <laughs> they do. They do. I think they do mix it up between the two locations. It's not exactly down the road, though, is it? Especially early season when it was a bit of a quagmire. But um, yeah, I think for me, I yeah, I Chalmers are gone. They're, I've said that for a long time. I think you look at Ellesmere's running as well, or Brighton, Treesall, Chalmers, Shelton. In it's going to be fun. Um, Forton compared to that. Albury, Wellington, Beacon, Sentinel, still tough games. For me, the intrigue and the interesting part is down at the bottom. Treesel and Seasdom, they how much is that concession this last weekend going to pay for them, given that their next few games are Beacon, which is probably going to be a hard game, but Beacon haven't won in their last two games. Then they've got Ellesmere, who are given at the top two. Um, but Shelton, who are above them, have also got Beacon, but they've also got Chalmarsh, who were first. Then, here's the running. Treasel and Seasden and Shelton play each other penultimate game of the season. And then final game of the season, Treasel have got bottom side Ponsbury, which could be a relegation decider. If they win, if they beat Ponsbury, they could possibly stay up. And Shelton, who are the position above them, We've got Ellesmere, who in second, who will be going for promotion push. What a end to the season that should be for those guys. That, that's a massive, massive game. I'm glad you pointed that out because I didn't see that. That's absolutely massive. Conceding a game is a bit frustrating. You know, in Division 2, you know, you're playing, still playing a very, very good level of cricket to concede a game. I don't know if it's a first team as well, you know. It's, yeah, it's, it's pretty... i, I got to be honest, it, it's devastating for cricket because... I've been on the I've been on the end of that before. I mean, midweek cricket is completely different. I'm captain of grasshoppers. Games get conceded midweek, but you just know the weekend's coming. But to have a Saturday game conceded, I understand lower down the leagues, and if you're a third team or a fourth team, but I, I'm not slagging them off. I'm just saying that it's just sad to see. Actually, yeah, really, they, really disappointing. They conceded to first place Chalmers. Yeah, I was going to so. say they they probably wouldn't have got they wouldn't have got the lion's share of the points had they played anyway. Yeah. Or it's unlikely. They um, must have had a good day on the biscuit. But, but, <laughs> but, you, it, it, come, come, come the end of the season. Yeah, five if, or six points they might have picked up could if, have made a difference. You know, if they'd have picked up five, one or yeah, two, yeah. you know, that oh, that could be a massive difference for them. That could be the difference. And to be honest with you, I, 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 conceding a game, they probably deserve to be where they are. 
and, and that's not being rude, not being nasty. Um, I, I played against Trizel for years. Um, it, it, it's sad to see him concede a game, but I think that puts a nail in the coffin for me. Yeah. Anyway, let's move ourselves on to our next division and final division of this podcast and division three. So as we move on to our final division and division three, and this one's been pretty cut and dry all season, your top two, Brosley in first place with 184 points, nine points behind them. They've been on their tail pretty much all season. They've been back and forth. Column and Brosley, they've been your top two. Brosley have been top since week 11, but previous to that, it's been Column all the way for the first 10 weeks. So, oh, it's going to be a great end to the season there. In third place, Quat second 11 with 258 points. In fourth place, Montgomery with 231 points. In fifth place, Church Aston, 217. 18 points behind them are Ludlow, second 11. Then on 167, so a little bit of a jump down, ladies and gentlemen, to seventh place, Willie. In eighth are St. George's, second 11. A side have pulled themselves off the bottom of the division, especially after all of the problems they've had at St. George's this season. So well done, watch St. George's, second 11 are on 130, 37 points behind Willie. Three points behind them in ninth are Welsh Ball. Then four points behind them in 10th are Oswestry, second 11. And then four points behind them in 11th are Wem, second 11. And three points behind them are Maidley, second 11. So it is toit down at the bottom. There are 14 points between Maidley, second 11, and St. George's, second 11 in 8th. And our first listener question comes in from Nathan Hakeman. Hey guys, Nathan Hakeman here. I sound a little bit like Dave Matthews, but um, let's ignore that for now. <laughs> bit of a discussion for your podcast. I'm guessing you might know the answer. But what happened to Wem Second Eleven versus Oswestry Second Eleven this weekend? Went from being abandoned to being taken off to then cancelled. Both sides down at the bottom, with a concession making a big difference to both sides down at the bottom, let alone their first teams in the Prem. We'd love to know the answer. Love the pod. Thank you very much. Your best mate, Nathan. Thank you very much, Nathan. Um... I'll be honest, don't know the answer to this one. Have asked um, the communications director from the league and he also came back and said didn't know anything in regards to that. So it would be something that I'd have to look into. Oster um, Street were at home for that game. Um, so, And I'll be honest with you, I didn't really follow it, so I don't know really what's happened there. But yeah, four points between them and Wem. Wem in 11th and Oster Street in 10th. And... Um, as you mentioned, Oswestry 2s have conceded two games this season and Wem's second 11 have conceded a game this season. So any concession from either side would have made a big difference, not only to their season, but their first teams. So um, if anything ha did happen, obviously I'm sure there is a very good reason for it and um, don't really want to debate it too much without fully knowing 
what has happened or having heard either from the league what has happened or either Oswestry or Wem. But first of all, guys, wow, what a division, Division 3. Tight at the top, tight at the bottom, just how you want it. Uh, yeah, and going back to the question about the Wem Oswestry game, I, 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 I was scoring with Craig Sims yesterday and I, I'm pretty sure he told someone that walked past what had happened with that game, but I was focused on the game, so I didn't, didn't pay any attention, but I'm sure Craig Sims knows the answer. Um, yeah, it, it's, I mean, it's been the Brosley and Column show all season, really. I think those two are going up. I think Colin will be disappointed if they don't win it, having having been in the lead for so long. But the way Brosley are set up, they should be winning Division 3 and with the players they've got, I think. Um, but like you say, the, the battle down the bottom is really, really tight. You know, it made Lee second 11 at the bottom, 116, but they're only one win off being eighth. St. George is 24 points ahead of them in eighth. So it's, and, and the fixtures to come as well. A lot of the bottom <laughs> I was, teams... I was about to say, mate. Unbelievable, a lot of the bottom teams they? play each other. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a really good run in that. So I'll be watching that space very closely. Yeah, so this week coming, um, just to follow on from what Joss has said, Wem and Maidley, 11th versus 12th, they are facing each other this week. Oswestry have got Willie, who are in 7th, who are a little bit above them. Um, Welshpool have got Monty. Then all sides have got sides around them or sides who are in that top three. So there's a lot to play for. And um, even in the top few i know that like bros in column have been the top two all season but quite a close on their coattails i think it's probably fair to say that monty and church aston are well out of the reckoning now because it would take snookers pretty much uh for them to get close and bros in column to pretty much well basically column and brosley to lose every game i know brosley do have church aston next week which could make things a little bit more interesting and uh, Colum have Monty final game of the season but apart from that the sides have pretty much got the bottom half of the table um, for their final four games so it'd be hard to see anything changing unless something miraculous happens but um, Beef probably one of the most tightly contested divisions at the top and the bottom of any of the divisions that we talked about so far. Yep, firstly, up at the top, uh, Brosley and uh, Colum. We spoke about this quite a lot pre-season. Uh, expected both teams to do very well. Um, I have netted a couple of times with uh, Mark Ferguson and the Colum boys. Got to say, I'm very impressed with a few of the lads that play there. Um, I don't want to go through all the names. Obviously, it could take forever, but they've got some talented it's because young he doesn't players. remember what you're all called, <laughs> No, and that's wrong, by the way. Um, Name him. <laughs> anyway, carry on, Andy. Um, anyway, so yeah, um, I'm I'm very impressed with Colum. Look, a very well run club. I think they will be disappointed if they don't win it. Uh, but Brosley, they've they've got a great side. They have got a real good side. So they're a top team. I feel sorry for Quat sometimes because they've had some stick in a second team over the years, and they really they do want to close the gap between the first and seconds. Um, but it's going to be the bridesmaids, I think, in this league, aren't they, with the two top teams? Well, you never know. If no, sides it, come it, down from the Birmingham League and Wellington's no, it could, thirds it, get pushed down, you never no. know. You could see three sides going up, which could be good for them, Joss. That's an excellent point, to be fair. But I was just about to say about the 
teams at the bottom of this league. It's very sad to see the three second 11s at the bottom. I mean, massive clubs, Oswestry, Wem, obviously being a former Wem player, um, to see the twos down there, it's very sad. And I, I don't know what happened at the weekend, but they've conceded a game already, which is very sad. And Oswestry is a club to concede two games already is uh, it's just frightening to think cricket could be going that way because it, th- these are massive clubs. We all know it as well, don't we? They're, they're huge clubs and yeah, it's, it's really disappointing to see that. Yeah, and uh, as Andy says that, Joss, I thought about a feature for next season. We could call it Andy's Former Clubs and uh, we could have a nice little half an hour section on how they're all doing this season. We're on half an hour. Well, we could, a lot we, of clubs. we could probably call it the Shropshire County Cricket I, Show. Really. Yeah, yeah, I, I haven't yeah. played for Obelbury. Oh, no, I have. Yes, you I have. Played, <laughs> I played in the Welsh Cup a few times. <laughs> Oops. Anyway, Joss, as we were saying, what, what, what are your thoughts? 15 points for Quat to make up. It's unlikely because, as you said, I think they've all got on paper a reasonably easy run in, so there shouldn't be too many surprises there. Um, it's it's, it's, the, it's the battle at the bottom that fascinates me, really. Five teams, five teams in it, really. And then there's, they're fairly evenly spaced beyond that. You, you've got St. George's on 130 points, and then it's 37 points to Willie, who are pretty much on their own, because they're then 32 points behind Ludlow Seconds, who are then 18 points behind Church Aston, who are 14 points behind Montezuma. There's nothing really close apart from the top two in the bottom five. But it's, um, yeah, it, it'll be... It'll be an interesting running between Brose and Column. It depends how they do, how many points they pick up in their in their games. Because I can see them both winning all four of their games. But yeah, I think Brosley Church Aston this week is going to be a massive game for them, and then Ludlow in that final week could be a big, big game, especially if. Ludlow have a, a full strength side, but it's been a great year in Division 3. And um, I think, especially if a side's going down from the Birmingham League, it's going to set up a thriller of a final day. Welshpool have got Wem, Maidley have got Quat, Wem have obviously got Welshpool. Uh, Oswestry 2s have got Church Aston, and St George's have got Willie who are a place above them as it stands. So some big final games there. Anyway, Andy, finish us off with Division 3. Your biggest surprise and how you reckon it will end up down the top and down at the bottom. At the top, um, I think the, the, the top two are the, the, the best sides in the league. Um, Strength-wise, I have seen their, their squads. They're both very, very strong. Um, I'd like Colin to win it as a local side uh, in Shrewsbury. I'm a Shrewsbury lad, so I'm going to go with Colin. That's Joss booing, and he gave the wanker sign. That's, uh, that, that's, that's for the <laughs> listeners who say we're too central um, Shrewsbury-based, by the way, as well. And, uh, I'm a Shrewsbury lad, mate. I support the clubs in Shrewsbury. James Ralph, friend um, of the podcast. James Ralph can do one. Um, <laughs> no, I love you, James. backtracked on that very quickly Um, Andy um, but the biggest bit like (laughs) (laughs) edit that one that's getting edited Um, out anyway so the the biggest surprise for me would I'm going to put two teams probably three actually but um, I'm going to say Oswestry and Wem seconds to be so low down the league and conceding games is a massive massive worry for cricket Um, and I, I I can't see 
The bottom three, it could be any of the three. I mean, I think Maley will probably go down, which is a shame again, because their first team are in a situation where it could be a double relegation. So that's very worrying for a cricket club. But yeah, it, it, it's Maley and one of the other two, I think. Joss, your thoughts, please. Um, yeah, I've, I've already discussed uh, promotion relegation, but my, my surprise is sometimes is, is when, really. When second eleven. You know, their, their first team are second in, in the Prem and, and flying. And their second team are, are looking at relegation into Div 4, which is which is a shame. And But equally, as you say, Oslestry, similarly, they, I mean, they're, they're not quite as high in, in the Prem, but they're top half and the second team are fighting relegation in, in Div 3. And it's a shame. Uh, I, I, and mainly, again, as, as you mentioned, the possible double relegation, which, which is bad, but... I'm not sure which is worse when you when you got Wem who've got the first team that are flying in the division they're in. Potential Birmingham. Yeah. Yeah. And Maidley whose whose first team are also struggling in the division they're in. So I, I suppose Maidley worse, but but it, it suggests there's something going wrong at Wem if if their seconds are struggling so much and their first are doing so well. Whereas at, at Maidley, if so I mean it sounds strange, but at least both their teams are struggling, if you get yeah. what I mean. One thing, I, I mean, obviously playing for Wem at the time, one thing that was a, a huge, huge, um, I'm not going to say disappointment, but a huge problem was going from the first to the second. You got players like, say, take, for example, Harry Astley, who I think has had a really good season this season and is back bowling again, bowling his, his spin. Um, he would go from playing in Division 3 to go in and play in the Birmingham League and the step up is just absolutely ginormous. Yeah. I mean, I think the step from Division 3 to the Prem is ginormous, but then you're turning up in the Birmingham League and playing against players that play for Worcester and Warwickshire every week. Yeah, yeah. It, it, it's just a massive, massive change. And um, to think that Wem could potentially go down and Wem first team could potentially go up it's just so worrying really it's worrying for, for, for the club and I, I really yeah. hope it improves and I hope they stay up I really do for me the biggest surprise I, I, yeah again I think I think Colin Brosley those two sides have been at the top and they've been at the top all season they probably deserve to go up if quad twos go up I wouldn't be surprised I would also you know if three teams do go up because of what happens with Wellington you know that's you know, there are going to be three strong sides that go up mm. and I don't think anyone will begrudge what two's going up. For me, it's all down the bottom. Um, I think the biggest surprise and the biggest, you know, it's sad. Sides the size of Oswestry and Wem are conceding games. They're second 11s. The youth structures that both sides have, the women's teams they have, they are well-run clubs. They are sides that... Clubs look up to, they've got fantastic facilities, fantastic bars, they've got everything going for them. And, you know, when you see sides who've got everything going for them struggling, you know, it makes you realise what is going on with cricket at the moment. You know, it's it's hard to get sides out and it, it gives you like a bit of an appreciation. But yeah, it, it, it it's it's sad. I think it's it's really sad that you're seeing two big sides with Oswestry 2s, two concessions this season, Wem twos with a concession and being as low as they are but that being said looking at these final games of the season they're both still in with a chance still both in with a chance you look at that Welsh pool running who are in ninth on 127 points that's 
eight points ahead of Wem in 11th. That's 11 points ahead of Maidley in 12th. That's only a handful of points ahead of Oswestry in 10th. They've got Monty, who are in fourth. They then go to, then they've then got Brosley, who are first. And then they've got Colin, who are second. And then they finish the season with Wem, who are in 11th. That end of season game could be the decider for who goes down potentially. And, oh, what a mouth-watering tie that could be. And, yeah, I can't wait to see what happens at the end of Division 3. Because I think, you know, you could you could have ti- you could have t- a title decider at the top end. You could have a relegation decider in the last few weeks, and it's going to be one of those. It's going to be another one of those end of the seasons where everyone's going to be looking at play cricket. Everyone's going to be on Twitter and Facebook and whatever other social media everyone wants to look at and is looking at the tables. Anyway, on that note, let's move ourselves on to our final section. So. As we go on to our final section, once again, thank you so much for listening and supporting the podcast. Thank you all for all of your fantastic listener questions. There were a couple of questions we didn't get around to asking. One from Billy Curtis in particular, who said, there have been too many bonus points on offer throughout the season. Can I just say, Billy Curtis has got a strange voice. <laughs> <laughs> what, 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 what did you say, Joss? Billy Curtis has got a strange voice. Yeah, sorry. Uh, um, forgot to say. Uh, Billy Curtis said... There are too many points on offer throughout the season. They should be cut to a maximum of three bowling and three batting. And getting in a point for an official, an official, don't get me started. Thank you very much, Billy. Um, But yeah. Is is Billy with the strange voice, is he um, on the committee? Don't. No, to be honest. Well, join the committee then if you've got a problem. Yeah, and what's his problem with officials? I think we need to encourage officials, which is why the, why they reward clubs for, for providing one, I think. We need umpires, we need scorers. Well, well, I'm also encouraging Billy and people like Billy to ask questions. So, yeah. Absolutely. Uh, uh, do, 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 what, what do you think? Are we offering too many bonus points? And, and let's not labour the fact because I realise we're at about two hours of recording at this point. I don't know how many minutes this is going to add up onto the podcast itself. So yeah, it's, it's, if you're actually it's, it's, listening... We take out all the shit you spent. Yeah. You know, <laughs> if you listen to this podcast now and you're like, oh my God, we're at 60 minutes. Welcome to how long it has taken me to edit this podcast. But anyway, we're at about two hours of editing, so let's quickly get through it. Are there too many bonus points on offer? And what do you think about too many official points? And we'll start with the thinking man's podcaster, Joss Elliott. Um, no, I'm quite happy with the number of bonus points. I think if you would limit it to three for batting, three for bowling, you can only get six, obviously. Um, and if Billy wants to get away with an official, do away with the official points away, you can only get six if you're on the wrong side of the result. Whereas, whereas your opponent gets twenty or twenty-four. I, I think it's right that you can you can get as many as eleven in in a closely fought contest. Um, I, I quite like it the way it is. To be honest, I think you know, rewarded for the more runs you get, the more wickets you get, is right. Win lose advocate Andrew Harrison, what are your thoughts on bonus points? Well, with the format as it is at the moment, I think the the points are okay, absolutely fine. And I've always been one for having official bonus points because, although you can benefit from being a bigger club and maybe having more personnel. 
Um, I just I just think it, it's something we should promote more. And I think in Shropshire, we have some really good scorers and some very good umpires. And I just think it's it, it's great to see so many. And I, I do think you deserve, especially a scorer. Um, Joss, for example, loves scoring in, in cricket. I do think that you give up your whole day to score or umpire. Deserve a point. So that's 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 all I'll say. There great question, Billy. There Legend. we go. But yeah, you. no, really great question, Billy. Thank you very much for sending it in, especially via that wonderful voice. Anyway, that finishes off. And once again, thank you everyone for supporting us. It's been, we're getting to the end of the season. We are coming up. We're going to be doing some end of season pods and then the end of season roundup. Thank you for supporting us. And also well done to the boys for getting around the pod this season. And hopefully you've enjoyed having a few more podcasts from us this season. On Hill's form, this is the end of season pod. So well done on your season. Hope you've had a great one. Uh, <laughs> g- goodbye. See you next season. Uh, and did you say at the start, this is number 47, episode 47? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Episode 47. Yeah, we so, did, we so, did, we, in total, we did have the 100th episode, but someone missed it. Yeah. So, so every time we mention number 47, you know what I'm saying? It should be 51. <laughs> yeah, it should be 51. <laughs> Let, don't Not even get against Ponsbury. Rescind our officials' point for that game against Ponsbury. Rescind, no, I'm only joking. Uh, no. Um, but yeah, yeah, it was, it was 51. Um, <laughs> look in the book, we, mate. Look and play cricket. It's 47, <laughs> no, mate. I know. Anyway, would have been his first ever fifty. <laughs> you never got a fifty. No, I've got fifty. Yeah. Funnily enough, ninety-eight not out. I got ninety-eight not out. Oh. Jibbed it. Um, but yeah, right, no, that, it was, that puts uh, an end to the pod. No, I need I need every run I can get. Anyway, thank you very much for supporting the podcast. You can like, share, and subscribe. Uh, please keep sharing it around the pod. Hopefully, you've enjoyed our new sounding podcast with sound effects and all and anyway until next time keep sending in your questions keep supporting the pod share it around don't we andy share it around yep and until next time goodbye Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.